Hello, I am Craig Forrestal. You're about to hear a special edition of That Sports Guys podcast. In this episode, it will feature an interview with Philip Blanks. Philip has found himself in the center of attention recently for his acts the other day in Arizona. You may have seen the video on the news of an apartment fire where a mother was faced with the life or death choice to drop her toddler from the third floor in order to escape the fire. Her name is Rachel Long. She unfortunately did not survive the fire. Her actions saved her son and also led to her daughter being saved as well. We're going to speak with Philip about this day, about those events, and exactly what was going through his mind at the time. We will also take the time to get to know Philip as a person. We will discuss his days as a football player, and we will also discuss his time with the U.S. Marines. Please note that this is a special edition episode, and what you are about to hear right now is different from your normal content. It may move you emotionally and may be difficult at some points to listen to. Once again, this is Craig Forrestal, and you are about to hear a special edition of That Sports Guys podcast. Hello and welcome to a special edition of That Sports Guys podcast. Today we have with us Philip Blanks, a former football player and man who has also served as a U.S. Marine. But before we get to know Philip a little bit more, I would like to take a moment of silence for Rachel Long and her family as she lost her life uh, in order to save the lives of her children. And uh, we will be talking with Philip about that a little bit more in the coming minutes. But again, if we could just take a moment of silence for Rachel Long and her family. And Philip, um, like we said, uh, sure. you, you, you found yourself in the news recently. Um, but before we get into it, I, I got to know, man, you're from Kalamazoo, Michigan, right? crazy name isn't it so now take me through uh growing up in in the area and just what it was like and basically your high school football career at Kalamazoo Central uh, it was fun growing up man I, I had a blessed life I, I've seen hard times seen good times um it was humbling I had good friends good family yeah, it was it was a good time growing up man I can't complain at all and um Football was my number one love, man. I just am so – I'm still passionate about football. It still burns in me, man. I don't even play anymore, unfortunately, but it still burns in me. Like I'm, I find myself juking couches and catching water bottles like I'm <laughs> catching that, uh, man. But, uh, yeah, we had uh, Greg Jennings. He, he came out of Kalamazoo Central. Um, Dwayne Young, he played for the Chargers back in the 90s. Uh, a couple other guys, man. We had Cameron Cheatham. He go to he went to Cincinnati. Um, had some we had some good guys, man. Uh, we had a lot of talent coming out of my school for for Kalamazoo Central, man. We just we just we you know things just didn't work out as far as uh, taking it all the way. But man, I, I I came up with some good guys like people who I played competed against in the area. Shout out to all those guys, man. Back home. Um, you guys got me better because, like, we were dogs out there, man. Like, I, just, I got a different kind of fire playing in Michigan, and, and it was it was great. And you talked about the rich football tradition at Kalamazoo Central, 
and you contributed to that, earning all-conference honors while you were an athlete at Kalamazoo Central. But, Philip, did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, yes, I, I couldn't have done those all-conference honors without my teammates, man. Uh, Lyman, D-Lyman, everybody, coaches. So, shout-out to everybody. They knew who they are. And uh, I played baseball for two years. And uh, let me see. That was it. I, I tried out for basketball my freshman year, but I was sorry compared to those guys. Man, we had a lot of hoopers. That our school was actually rich in basketball. Like we had a lot, a lot of hoopers come out, and um, they, they were some good guys. But football, we we had some dogs too. And and sure. then after that, you played at the collegiate level too. You played out in California at Saddleback. Maybe if you could just take me through, you know, your experience as a college athlete and some of your, I guess, best best memories. Uh, looking back, this is this is this is a free game, man. This is I just have to say this: be specific about your goals because I always used to say I wanted to play college football, and of course that was. Division one, but I wasn't specific, so I didn't work for that, you know, so um, it was all a blessing just to still play at the level that I did. It was still a blessing, man, because a lot of people still don't get to play college football at all or get to say they even did. And I played with a lot of dogs out there, too. Shout out to my teammates in 2016. You guys know who you are. We won conference. Uh, Shoot, we was we were the best in the state. I don't care what the the record book says, but um. Yeah, it was. I competed with a lot of D one type athletes, and it was it was an amazing experience to see that I can go out there and compete with those guys. It really was. I had I had great teammates, a lot of good players, a lot of great talent. Um, it was fun, man. I I miss competing every day. And then, who were some of the guys that you looked up to growing up? Who were some of your favorite players as a child? Uh, where do I start? Um. I know my my main guy was Braylon Edwards coming up, man. I modeled my game after him with with his head fakes on his post, man. He was just a man, like, at Michigan State game where he caught the touchdown and saved us. Like, he was just my guy his whole career. And then um, I like Steve Smith for the Panthers. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald in college, man, he was my idol too. That boy didn't drop any passes. Like, that's who I really wanted to be like was Fitzgerald. And – um. Chris Perry, he was he was my guy too. I met him when he was uh, at Michigan. I like Ocho Cinco. There's a lot more of the guys out there, man. I'm I'm, I'm a football head, so I I know a lot of people. I'm just on the spot right now, so I can't think of everybody. Oh but, no, no, hey, you're doing a great um, job, Philip. Don't worry about it. Hey, you're you're naming a whole bunch of guys that that I liked growing up too, and then you hit my favorite with Ocho Cinco. So uh, don't sweat it. Uh, but now I gotta ask, you have all those guys that you like. What's your squad? Michigan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling Michigan. Uh, I, growing up, I, I, I like other teams like the Hurricanes and Florida, but my dream school was to play for Michigan. Um, that wing helmet going out there in front of those fans in Michigan Stadium, that would just that would have been the ultimate dream for me. I just – man – I couldn't imagine playing at Michigan, man. I would, I would, I would cry if I signed a letter of intent. And um, the, I like Detroit Lions as well. That was that's my squad. But who else? 
Patriots, of course, I like Brady, man. They, they are unstoppable. I like the Seahawks. But, yeah, I, I like college ball better, man. College college football is so exciting. Like, I'll sit there. I sit there. My, my tradition, personally, I sit there and watch college football all Saturday. I watch all the games from FCS all the way up to the ABC game at oh, night. So when you, say, when you say you're a football watching, head, you're not joking around. You're logging serious hours. No. Oh, yeah, I, I – I watch I watch college football on Saturdays, man. That's my that's my vacation right there. And you have some pretty athletic bloodlines too. I saw somewhere that your cousins with Mike Conley of the NBA and then baseball legend Barry Larkin. Yes, that's correct. I haven't met Mike Conley, but he is um on my family tree down the line, I've been told. And Barry Larkin, he is my cousin. I think he's my first or second cousin, and um, I met him when I was like eleven at a Cincinnati's Reds game, and that was oh, crazy. But that was only that was the only time I met him. He he inspired me to wear number eleven in uh in baseball, and I think I really man eleven that was my my go to number. I I really liked that number. So, but he inspired me to wear that in eleven, and it really just took off in football too. And then, Philip, as I mentioned earlier on, you also served as a U.S. Marine. Um, maybe if you could just take us through a little bit about your time with the Marines, and let's just start off with where were you stationed? So I was stationed at Camp Pendleton, California, from 2012 to 2016 in California. I've done two tours of duty overseas. Uh, let's see been to about 11 countries and that was a life-changing experience helped people overseas uh in the philippines jordan israel it was it was a great experience it's really humbling to be in a position to help people i really enjoy that and then from the bottom i really like it and it was it was sorry to cut you off but it was it was really a roller coaster ride man i had good times bad times but it made a man out of me and i know my i know my limits and and my, you know what I'm saying? I can just take them to the top and not be faithful. Definitely. And uh, what I was going to ask is if you're able to share, what were your duties or what was your specialization with the Marines? I was a maintenance management specialist, 0411. So I would order parts for broken pieces of equipment, say radios, trucks, uh, weapons and anything like that that needed a part I was the guy to get it ordered and I had a very supportive um unit while I was in the Marine Corps man shout out to those guys shout out to my cousin Brendan Rogers he's in Iraq right now on on duty in the Marine Corps so yeah just shout out to all the Marines out there uh women and men I hope you guys stay safe I love you and it was it was an amazing experience, man. I'll never forget it. But ultimately, the best feeling of being a Marine that I got was just that I know I made the impact on, on people's lives positively. And, Philip, I, I want to move into the events from the other day. And before we get into the, the finer details, I've seen a couple of different things online about how people have said that you ended up there. I've seen that you were going to a workout. I've seen that you were coming back from a workout. I've seen that you were visiting a friend. 
how did you find yourself uh, in that area? Yes, I was just at a friend's house, and I was we were getting ready for a workout. And uh, while I was waiting, I was just on the couch, and um, and I heard the commotion outside. I looked out the window, and that's when things popped off. And uh, when you saw the fire outside, did you immediately run out there? What what happens in that in that moment? Yes, it was. It was all one fluid motion. So from the time that I got my things up in the apartment, because because we were right next door to it, gathered all my things, flew down the steps, assessed the situation, and I dropped my things off at the dumpster. And that's when you see me run into the video to catch the boy. It was all it was all one flow, and I didn't hesitate at one moment. And like you said, that's when we see you in the video come into the picture and uh, catch the little boy. When you're when you're yes, looking sir. up at the third floor and then you see a toddler coming to you, is there even thoughts going through your mind? Or are you just in a reaction type of situation? Yes, I was just laser focused. Um, when I was looking at the patio, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything else. I was just laser focused on the patio. And when the boy came out, it was just me and him still didn't hear anything. Tunnel vision. And he came spiraling down and right into my arms. And I brought him in like a punt return, uh, kind of. Because I held, I held my arms up to give him some cushion so he could uh, flow down with me and his, his head and main uh, body, which was the most important part landed safely in my arms and his, his, his feet hit the ground, but that wasn't my main concern. My main concern was his head and his torso and that's what was caught. So um, that's, that's what I did. We see in that video, you pop up immediately from making that diving catch and you just sprint for safety um and that's when the video cuts off so maybe if you could just take us through those moments that we don't see on camera um while you're waiting for you know paramedics and uh you know i guess the emergency personnel that was going to be on scene uh, what happens after that moment first i forgot to mention and this is most important though rachel um rest in peace she's the real hero in the story um, she had the maternal instinct to get her babies to safety and she's the, she's the badass in this. So she, um, shout out to her. She's the real hero. But when I caught, when I caught the boy, I looked him in his eye and he looked at me and it was just a crazy connection. And we both knew at that time, like it was just a, a fresh slate for life. And after after that point, I knew I had to get extract him from from danger, and get him to safety. So I sprung up uh, because that's just part of my training. Just to after the, after the point where you save him, get up, get off the X, and get him out of there. So when I when I disappear out of the camera, I'm um, I'm in I'm, I'm pacing back and forth in the parking lot looking for a place to set him down because I can't put him on the ground anywhere because of his skin. And the, the guy who was in the video with me, actually, he 
uh, he helped me by opening his car door up and I put him in the front seat and he took his shirt off for me and uh, we placed the baby down and another woman came up and wrapped the baby in a wet sheet. And that was that. And I'm not the only one in this. I got help. I got assisted, but, uh, and I appreciate those people that were there. And there's also another hero, Dart, Dartan Alexander. Uh, he, he, he saved the eight year old boy or eight year old girl in the, in the fire. He went, he actually ran through and, uh, the apartment and picked her up and ran out with her. So he's a hero. He's my hero to me. So yes. It's, it has see, yes. And, and you mentioned the, the second individual, I saw a pretty powerful photo online of you, the second individual, second individual that you mentioned that rescued the little girl. Um, and I saw the father, Corey Long, uh, in the middle of the both of you. Maybe if you could take me through mm-hmm. the emotional connection the three of you have and just what that meeting was like with him when you all got together. I'm going to tell you the connection is so strong that we're family now. Like we became family within an hour. Um, I it's, uh, just I'm getting speechless and emotional just thinking about yesterday because it was a lot a lot said, a lot of thoughts expressed. Um, it was it was it was very emotional, but smiles were still made, uh, and there was a lot of positivity that came out in the end and. We will make this a positive situation. I, I'm hoping I can use this platform to reach as many people as I can in a helping capacity. So, because I would love to support the kids in any way that I can. This is about them. This is about Rachel, Corey, and their family. So, I'm, I'm going to use this platform to get them the love and attention that they need and support that they need and just uh, blow this thing up to be as positive as we can be. That's beautiful that you're able to dedicate your platform to continuing on to make sure that the Long family gets all the support that they need. And, Philip, I just have to know, when you've been going through and you've been talking about these experiences, you just said right here that you get a little emotional reliving these experiences. Um, I guess for you, how are you holding up after the the situation and being involved in this whole experience? Because I'm sure that it, it's done some things to you as well emotionally. Uh, I'm good. You know, I, I think about it. Uh, I've been talking about it a lot. I think that's really helping me is getting the story out, just bringing awareness to to help people, and um, so that these kids, and also so that these kids can get attention and love because they really need it. So. I think that's really making me feel good knowing that I'm putting that positive message out there. So that's helping me out. And uh, my training has definitely helped me out to see situations like this. So I'm, I've been prepared for a gruesome scene. But this is my first time dealing with something like this and the after effects. Uh, I'm just going to have to see and wait what happens. But um, I think my training has, will keep me and intact. And then, Philip, before we sign off and I let you get back to your evening, are there any final thoughts or final words that you have for our listeners um, before we get out of here? Uh, one more. Like, yes, yeah, shoot. Rachel, she 
wow, she's a hero. Um, saved her kids while on fire. That's, that's, that blows my mind. I don't know what I would have did. I can't sit here and pretend that I would be a badass Marine in a fire because that's just, that's, you know. So she's, she's, she, she's, uh, heavy on my heart, man. She, she's, yeah. So, but also for the people, I just feel like, um, paying attention will, will save your life. I'm not saying anybody wasn't paying attention, but if you're just not being complacent, it could just really help you or your, or your, the person next to you. And, uh, and I just know that I will use this platform to to bring more positivity out of this. I would like to use this situation to help more people. So that's that's my plan. That's my goal. And I will do that. Thank you very much, Philip, for joining us this evening on a special edition of That Sports Guys podcast. And like you said, this will not be the last that we hear from you or the Long family as we keep the memory of Rachel going and we do everything we can for her children. For Philip Blanks, I am Craig Forstall. Until next time, stay safe and be easy.